Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Brad, I have a question for you. I may or may not have an answer for you. It's the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Have you ever pondered how we are actually going to survive? Like you and I? Like or society. Society. Like oh, I, all the time. All the time. We're doomed. I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I am trying to make my way through the grocery store. And this may shock you, Brad. I am a rather frugal person. I'm aware but I'm impressed that you do your own grocery shopping. I am uh, absolutely. I have always bought the off-brand. Uh, I always search for the bargain. I am not afraid of a low quality of living or a lower quality of living to save a few dollars. And as I'm plodding my way through the grocery store, and I'm talking about like, okay, so I, I bought water. I have to buy specific water for my baby. You have to, you know, distilled water that they can drink and remain healthy. I'm buying some nuts and bolts things like like lunch meat, um, some cheese, some TV dinners. Uh, you know, I did buy some ice cream, which I guess is an extravagance. However, it was the off brand of the and I shop at Walmart, by the way. So it's not like I'm, you know, big time at the Kroger or, or whatever. Too good for the save a lot. I see. <laughs> and I can't uh, like I'm pondering my way through the grocery store and I'm thinking, OK, I work two jobs. I've been relatively frugal with my living, you know, so I've been able to afford a middle-class existence. But I'm watching some of the people who are maneuvering through the grocery store with me, and I'm thinking, at what point is it all just unsustainable? Like, like, because some people don't have the ability to work a second job to be able to to pay their bills. Somebody, some people physically, you know, the, they're just not capable of, of doing that. Now, look, I get a lot of people who can work don't, and there's a government handout on that. But even by the government handout stuff, stuff is so damn expensive now, Brad. I'm not sure how people are doing it. Well, Rob, some of what you witnessed is the government safety net at work. Yeah. And I don't know. that There's a reason that I do not shop at Walmart. Yeah. I don't, I don't like their business practices. I also... Tried to avoid confrontation with their clientele. So, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Where do you grocery shop at, Mister Big Timer? I'm a I'm a Kroger shopper. Ah, typically, you seem like a Kroger person. But I, like I, I'm doing that, and then you know, for fun, I like to look at just various. I'll just pick random communities and look at real estate. What's going on there? Because I think it's interesting to see. What's going on? And I look at the price to be able to get into these homes. And then we do the mortgage calculator based on the interest rate. It's like, let's extrapolate this out a year or two from now. How are people able to afford to live? I wonder that as well. Um, yeah. Don't plan on moving anytime soon. Me, me and my wife looked at that. But yeah, with 8 9% interest rates on homes, suddenly the house we have looks pretty darn good. Um so, but yeah, there are some am I, people. Am I overreacting here? You are not overreacting. Okay, I you. know exactly what you mean. Um, I guess we all 
wander through life with different wants and needs and standards. We referenced the people that I saw over at Ohio and East Street today. I don't know that they were unhappy. They were just unkept. I mean, again, like I'm, 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 I feel like for someone who should be, and I am living a very middle class existence. I live about as frugal of a middle class existence. Like my only hobby that I really have is this, which is my job, which is why I have 93 vacation days I have to take the entire month of December off. There's not 93 days left before uh, the end uh, well, of the year. Well, I'm, I'm using them all in December because okay. I just like I I enjoy my job. My other job is at a golf course. I love golf, so I've managed to find a way to get paid to do my hobbies. My only other hobby that I have to speak of is sports betting, which is essentially a break-even proposition. I win one, I lose one. I won one last night. You know, it goes up, it goes down. It's like I put 50 dollars in a kitty for the whole year and it lasts me the whole year so i have no real hobbies to speak of other than jobs that make money for me i don't obviously look at the way i'm dressed live an ex- exorbitant lifestyle i drive a car without power windows or locks they uh, make those oh yes what? brad I, I can even say it past us they made those you won't <laughs> believe the gas mileage a car without power windows or locks gets brother my point is I'm able to pull it off, but I wonder, especially if we can continue down this path, how regular people, and I'm not talking about the people who are on the handout express. I'm talking about people like me. I'm talking about people like you. I'm talking about people like Kevin or Noah. Like, how do you afford to live when everything keeps getting more expensive than what you are capable of making? It's tough. And I mean, I try to look, obviously, with my job with the the Greater Lawrence Chamber, I try to look at hashtag hashtag why I love Lawrence. So I look at economic factors. I, I look at, you know, gross domestic product. What is the per capita income? What is the per capita production? And yeah, you've got several people, me, you, the people in this room are producers and we produce there's I, we produce far more than the average person now some people would say what what are you producing you all you guys do is pout off on the air but you know what wibc finds that valuable and our advertisers find that valuable as well so in a roundabout way we are selling products for the people who support this radio station we are producing there are other people who do not and you and i roundabout we have to we have to fund that. We have to fund 4% of our GDP going to defense spending. There's, But then again, we also have to fund roads and sewers and lots of things. Do, but you, Do you ever do what I do, which is look around as it pertains to the government and go, where's all the money go? Yes. I do that on a regular basis. And, and I'm talking like not just the federal government. I'm talking the state government. I'm certainly even talking my local governments. I mean, like where I live, they passed an $80 million budget and they claimed they couldn't do it without raising taxes. And yet they're giving town employees 8% raises. And then when you call them to task on it, they go, it's not a raise, it's an adjustment because they didn't get one during COVID. I didn't get one during COVID either. And I did a lot better than the town employees did. No offense if you're a town employee. My ratings were better than you performed for the town. But I have to make it in the real world and you get some sort of adjustment. What the hell is that? That doesn't exist anywhere other than... I am in the middle of a contract negotiation with my employer right now. At no point have they volunteered, let's do an adjustment for you because, well, you didn't get anything during COVID. That, that, no, I have to go in and earn it, and I have to tell them why I'm worth it. That conversation didn't start with, well, of course we're going to have a cost of living <laughs> adjustment, and then from there. Now, Rob, I'm going to pivot a little bit. So you and I have both 
worked for the government at yes. some point. You longer than me. I, how long were you? I was thinking? two horribly disastrous, long, painstaking, gouge my eyes out years. Three months for me. <laughs> it, but which, it, just remind me about which government you actually worked for. I worked for the Marion County Election Board. Yeah. Um, and some of that was, I, you know, people know that I'm, I'm a libertarian, and libertarians kept getting fined because we didn't know how the election process worked and didn't know how to get all, get all our paperwork in. Yeah. And finally, I'm like, I am going to get a job. They offered a job, and I'm like, I'm going to work there for three months through the primary election and learn how this works so we don't have these problems again. I was fascinated on one of my early days. You know, they give you stuff to do, and you shuffle papers around, and, you know, we work till 4.30. And at 4.31, I had like three minutes worth of work done, and then my desk would be empty, and I'm working, and somebody came in and like, what are you doing? Like, I am just knocking out these last two forms, and I'll be out of here. Like, no, we get done at 4.30. You have to leave. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That's fascinating you found that, too, because one of the things, um, and I've told this before, I worked in the state auditor's office before. I had the privilege of working for three state auditors in a manner of about nine months. Um, And we've told some of those stories here. Maybe someday we'll tell all the stories. Um, Now that Pence has dropped out, they're not nearly as entertaining since the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I apparently did so well that see this is what's so laughable when the people are like you're just out to get Pence. No, I did so well in the state auditor's office that apparently they thought I did so well that they promoted me to be the pharmacy board director. My beef with Pence is he sucks at governing, and I saw it firsthand. There's no beef about what happened there. It was a separate state office, and they actually promoted me. And but when I went down there to run the state pharmacy board. They hired me under the guise of, hey, we really need government reformers. We really need change agents. And you look at the way the state government, at least the specific area that I was in charge of operating, and you say, this doesn't work in the private sector. We're wasting, we're, we're, uh, we're allocating resources poorly. We're like, I would go to these meetings and it was like, I don't need to go to this meeting. I can go and help the customer service people. We can bang out an additional 12 or 13 applications over two or three hours. No, you have to go to this meeting. Why? There's nothing I need to know in this in this meeting. There's nothing I'm going to get out of it. But we have to have a representative there. Why? Why? We have to have... I mean, one time they made me go to... Uh, like Savannah, Georgia for some conference. And then once they made me go to Washington, D.C., and I told them, I said, there's no need for taxpayers to spend this money. There's nothing I'm going to get out of this. No, you have to go. But why? Well, we always go. But why? Oh. You realize it's like three days of work. One, all this cost for me to go. And two, it's like three days of work I could be helping because we are understaffed in terms of people answering and processing these applications. No, no, no. Rob, you're just being very difficult right now. And it is like you just you want to gouge your eyes out because you say you're making us do stuff that the regular world doesn't make people do because in the regular world, this is how businesses fail. But because you have infinite money, you can make me do the way things we've always done. And it was why I, I had to leave or I was going to drop dead of a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah. That, was nepotism an issue? Did you have people who were wholly unqualified to be working in that office, but it's because they knew somebody well, or related well, to somebody? Well, so here's, and this, here's the story I've, I've told, and um, this was when I decided I, I must go. So 
under Pence, they had what they called a merit pool system. And it was this big announcement about we're going to reward people based on how they perform. And if you have had six, uh, you know, exceptional people, then we're going to uh, allow you as a supervisor to reward that person. If you've had underachievers, we're not going to just give raises across the board. And you're thinking, all right, let's go. This is private sector practice. All right, let's go. And so you're going through the process of filling out these forms. And I had two customer service reps because they wouldn't hire for a very long time another person because they claimed they didn't have the money. And I said, look, that's, you've that's got- That's how these, they make the budget for yeah, 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 you've got me who's saying, I can do this to fill the gap. No, 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 you got to go to these meetings and these conferences and everything else. And so where you're filling out the forms, say, man, these two people have done the work of like five people. Exceeds expectations. They totally deserve these rewards, blah, blah, blah. Here's the form, boom, let's go. And I don't know, a week or whatever passes, you send the form in and they come back to you and they go, um, we're going to need you to make some changes to these evaluations. And I said, what do you mean make changes to these evaluations? These people did this work based on the standard you've set in this form. They deserve these raises. Well, we, we've kind of gone through the merit pool. What do you what, what do you mean you've gone through the merit pool? There was no announcement of pen, uh, from the governor. Like, there is only a set amount of dollars. And if you don't go first, then if you're not first, you're last, buddy. I said, well, who, who got who got the raises? I mean, these are the people we're supposed to be giving the money to. There's this big announcement from the governor. And it, you come to find out, Brad, the upper echelon over there, they took the raises. Well, they exceeded expectation. And because they're making the most, and if it's based on percentages, well, they get the most amount of money. And they made me change the evaluations of these people to fit what they wanted so they could fit it in the merit pool. And I said, F all of you people. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't need this job. I didn't want this job. You people came to me. Kiss my ass. Goodbye. And I never looked back. Good for you. But that still doesn't fix the problem. No, but, but it's like, you're just in there. You're like, you cannot, you, and, and I think this is this overarching thing, right? Uh, uh, to bring this thing full circle. You cannot solve this problem because there are not enough people who are willing to storm the Bastille to solve the problem. And the power brokers always care more about protecting the system and the status quo. So when you go to the grocery store and you see things that are unaffordable, when you see things that you cannot afford to buy anymore, it's not getting any better anytime soon because you have so many people who are invested in the status quo itself, whatever that may be, because they believe that protects them and their cronies who help them get reelected it's never changing. And so I'm just going to be pissed off every time I go to the Walmart. All right. It's Kendall and Casey show. Uh, Rainwater. Rainwater is going to join us next. Donald Rainwater. I love that man. Yeah. People who want to change the status quo. Rainwater joins us next. Kendall and Casey show 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Brad's in for Casey today. And Brad, another election season has come and gone. And I got to be honest with you, I still have no idea what the direction of the Republican Party is, both in this country and the state. They don't know themselves. So it's not just you, Rob. I mean, I, like, I'm looking for the overarching theme of what it means to be an Indiana Republican or what it certainly means to be a national Republican. And I simply don't know. Come on. Don't they stand for less government, Rob? Oh, Brad, you and your drugs. You're a, you're a funny one. <laughs> hey, uh, so take a look at what happened. And maybe this guy knows what the Republican Party stands for. Joining us now on the WIBC Hotline, he was the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor, Donald Rainwater. Rainwater is a guy who got hundreds of thousands of uh, just 
Republicans who are pissed off to vote for you in, in 2020. Do you have any idea what the Republican Party stands for these days? Well, based on uh, the old axiom, you know, it's it's not what they say, it's what they do. Uh, I think they're for higher taxes, more taxes, uh, less quality education, and uh, bigger government, less freedom for the Hoosier citizen. Yeah, you look at like, so let's take the mayor's race here as an example. You've got the guy, the Republican nominee in Shreve, whose signature policy proposal on crime is the uh, essentially the exact same as the Democrat, Joe Hogsett, and it involves illegal gun grabs, unconstitutional gun grabs. And it's like, there just seems to be less and less difference between these two parties. Well, that's, you know, that's pandering to uh, what somebody told them was the prevailing opinion in the voter base in Marion County is, oh, you know, you need to tell them that you'll get guns off the streets. And the reality is, is that the gun isn't the problem. The problem is that there's a lack of economic hope in Marion County, which creates a criminal element, uh, especially around things, for example, like cannabis. If we would uh, decriminalize and legalize cannabis, uh, I think a lot of the violence in Marion County would uh, decrease. But here again, instead of dealing with the source of a problem, most of the Republicans and Democrats uh, just want to pander to the symptoms. So, now, Donald, I am ready to start a group. I can now call it Broadcasters Against Straight Ticket Voting. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> how much is straight ticket voting <laughs> affect electing very bad candidates we saw in marion county they elected somebody who was an avowed socialist um which is tremendous it blows my mind Brad is grabbing his forehead right now yes i i, I wish yes i wish you could see this because it, it pains me but the, the more i look at it in the in the primaries for the republicans and democrats they each run those candidates run to the extremes well then you get to the general election and people end up pulling a straight ticket ballot and they never go down the ballot to say oh my gosh i heard about that guy he's crazy i need to vote for donald rainwater and i i think well, there's a lot of people getting elected who have no business being in office you know brad i i think that uh that that is definitely an issue i also think that uh uh, our Indiana Election Commission needs to do a better job of educating voters on the fact that if you hit a straight ticket voting button and then try to scratch vote, a lot of these uh, a lot of these machines won't allow that. Uh, once you've hit the straight ticket button, that's what gets uh, recorded it as your vote. Uh, Donald Rainwater, and I think there are a lot of people don't realize that. Donald Rainwater is our guest. So in 2020, you had the great fortune. I mean, we had the misfortune in this state of being run by this guy. But you had you, as from a, a polit political standpoint, had the great fortune of running against Holcomb, who was loathed, rightfully so, by hundreds of thousands of people, even people who voted for him. There's many who loathe him. They just didn't have the courage to do the right thing. Do you worry this next time around? Because you're running for governor again. You're probably going to be a libertarian nominee. Do you worry that 
look, a guy like Braun, who has done things that are in many ways as equally as offensive, like voting for that gas tax, but yet the surface is, hey, he's not shutting the state down. We don't know, at least, but he won't be the governor to have done it. Do you worry that even though the Republicans are still just as offensive and are still doing many of the same bad things, well, if there's a new face of the people doing the bad things, people will forget about that and and you'll have trouble capitalizing on that again? Well, I don't, and here's why. If you look at what's going on in not only the state of Indiana, but uh, across the nation, people are waking up to the fact that Republicans are the new Democrats, right? We're, we're hearing all the time about how the Democrat Party, the moderate Democrat, <clears throat> pardon me, moderate Democrat, if you will, is losing uh, their identity with their party because their party is going so socialist. Well, the same thing's happening with the Republican Party. The further left the Democrats go, the further left the Republicans go to try to pick up the moderate Democrats, leaving their traditional base behind, because what the Republican Party is all about, at least in Indiana, is they tax your income. Then they tax your home. You know, if you think about it, Rob, over if you own your home for 30 years, you will pay 30 percent of the value of your home in taxes on your home. 30 percent, not 1 percent, 30 percent over the time you own your home. So, Don, who is a new car and then they they give a sales tax for your car. Then every year they give you an excise tax that you have to pay for your car. They tax your gasoline, your clothing, your utilities, your entertainment, school supplies, meals at a restaurant. How much money do these people need? So, Don, then who? Something I think people are waking up to in Indiana. So, who is left to represent the people who just want government to be small and their taxes to be low and government to not be all things for oh, all people Brad, all the you time? And your drugs again. This I, is I know. I know. I... That's who's left to represent the people of Indiana. Because what we've done is we've allowed the politicians in the two old parties to become so manipulated and controlled by special interest that they don't listen to us normal citizens anymore. Think about it. Think about all the taxes I just talked about. And then look at the fact that even though the governor says we have over 100,000 high-paying jobs that Hoosiers can't fill, they are bending over backwards to give tax abatements to corporations from outside of Indiana, sometimes outside of our country, to bring them into Indiana, give them tax abatements to come here, supposedly to bring all these new high-paying jobs. If we can't fill the ones that are already here, who benefits from bringing in these new corporations? Not the average Hoosier who's struggling to buy gasoline, put food on the table, put clothes on their kids' back. The the Indiana Republicans and the Democrats as well Uh, have forgotten about the, the average Hoosier. They don't care. They are pandering to the, the whether it be the, the labor unions or the corporate interests. Uh, the average Hoosier has been forgotten. The only people talking about getting government back to the citizens of Indiana 
Me and the Libertarian Party of Indiana. All right, yeah. Before Hoosiers need better government, not bigger government. Before I let you go, Don, I think you reach on an interesting point where you look at like what's going on in this Leap District out in Boone County, where we're led to believe as taxpayers that Eli Lilly, which is one of the largest, most powerful corporations in the world, arguably the most powerful drug manufacturer in the world, they can't put together a real estate deal without millions of taxpayer dollars. I mean, that's just it's just well, laughable. They could, but why? They could, Rob, but why should they? When the taxpayers and the voters of Indiana continue to allow them to get away with things like TIF districts. You want to know why your property taxes keep going up? Why? Research tax increment financing districts. That's why your property taxes keep going up, folks. That's what we have to put a stop to, is money being taken out of your pocket to go to quote-unquote economic development that doesn't actually benefit the average citizen. All right, Don, if people want to learn more about you, your charm, your charisma, your general pleasant demeanor, and, of course, just dashingly good looks, how can they do that? Well, after after they get you admitted to some uh, therapy, <laughs> uh, we need to uh, ask them to go to rainwaterforindiana.com. If you want to volunteer, click the Contact Us button at the top. We need your donations. These other uh, candidates have millions of dollars in their campaign funds. We need to be able to compete with them with radio and TV advertising all over the state of Indiana. We need your donations, and we need them now. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Don, you've gotten so good at this. I don't know if you remember when we started. You were horrible, and now you're excellent at this. And I say that's a compliment. I know that's not like a backhanded compliment. You are awesome at this now. I love this. I'm so excited for 2024. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, I would say that practice makes perfect, but we're still working on it. Don Rainwater, you're the best. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. number of Americans support legal marijuana. 93 WIBC it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Brad Kloffenstein in for Casey today. Hello Rob. It's been fun hanging out with you again. It's been a blast. Always so glad always. we get to do this. Um, look, you see this poll which is from Gallup. So according to Gallup 7 in 10 Americans, so 70% it's an all time record high now support legal marijuana in, in, in this country. And you look at the steady climb that it has seen. It took a little, essentially a flat line in the in the 80s into the early 90s when it was the war on drugs and say no to drugs and this is your brain on drugs. But then you have seen a steady uptick, certainly since. So by example, I don't think we would say 2000 uh, was all that long ago. I mean, I get that it was 23 years ago, but in, in 2000, 31% of Americans supported this. It's now 70%. So let's even just go the past 23 years. 34% in 2003. So in 20 years' time, it has more than doubled the amount of Americans who support legal marijuana. And yet in this state, you continue to see the Republicans because, I mean, just using their words, they're totally subservient to the governor now that's not how they phrase it but they're said they have said we don't go forward with legal marijuana because of governor holcomb what are we doing here uh, indiana should act I, I will say why the federal government has not acted and did not act three years ago when the democrats had all levels yeah. of government that is beyond me but it, I, I see this as 
twofold why this should happen. One, um, there's no sense not regulating it, not taxing it, not benefiting from it as a state. Indiana, as an agricultural state, the stuff grows wild in northern Indiana. I mean, that could be a cash crop for us. Uh, I look at this like cross-county banking. Indiana, we lost most of our banking enterprises here in the state of Indiana because we were late to the game on allowing cross-county banking and we ended up getting swallowed up by bigger out-of-state banks. I think it's similar on marijuana to where other states are more established. They've got growers that are more established. And if we're going to have an industry in Indiana, we are behind the eight ball right now. Second is, if you think that all of this crime that we're seeing in central Indiana and really around the state isn't somehow tied to drugs and marijuana being part of that, you are kidding yourself. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, look, alcohol is a far more dangerous drug than marijuana in terms of your ability to harm other people and we obviously allow that with restrictions that many people ignore and then there's criminal punishment for that there's zero reason that if you know shouldn't be couldn't be the framework but the very least brad and i think this is what's most offensive if you want to have a fight on recreational marijuana okay think you're wrong i think you know consenting adults should be able to use certainly in their own homes now guardrails on in the public square so your town hall doesn't smell like weed got it no argument here put it up put the barrier up got it agree uh the public square you shouldn't have to smell other people doing that but even put that argument aside the idea that a licensed medical provider who the state of Indiana grants a license to and says, you know enough about medicine and healing and helping people that we are licensing you. The idea that you and your doctor can't make this decision in order to treat an illness or cope with an illness, that is just, it's so offensive to these people who then, many of them, get hooked on these dangerous opioids. And then the state looks around and goes, well, we have a very serious problem with opioids. We must spend millions of taxpayer dollars to try to fight the opioid addiction. When if you just did the obvious thing right in front of you, many people wouldn't get hooked on the opioids to begin with. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the reluctance of state Republicans on why they don't get on board. Then again, I go back. I don't know why Andre Carson should be introducing a bill every freaking week to legalize this. I don't know why the Democrats don't do this on the federal level. Um, I, again, lots of questions, but the time is we're well past when this should have been legalized nationally. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at this poll, too, because it's one of the few things that it spans men and women. It spans age gaps, generational gaps. It spans ethnicities. It spans education. Like, for example, 55 plus 64 percent of people's support. Uh, in the age range, which I fall, 35 to 54, it's 71, and 18 to 34, it's 79. So there is no demographic where you would go, well, this very key voting block is against it, so we are not for it. The 55 plus, which is the primary people who show up to vote, are overwhelmingly for it. I mean, there's no, there is no downside, and in and and there have been polls done on. In state preference, you know, how people feel about this in state. And they mirror this, that it's an overwhelming amount of people would would support this. And look, I have never smoked marijuana. I've never done uh, edibles or any of that stuff. And I probably won't ever. But it's none of my business what you do in your own home that doesn't harm other people. And it's certainly no business about what the licensed medical professional you've chosen to put your life in the hands of and you 
whatever agreement you guys make. It's simply none of my business. It's not heroin. It's not meth. It's not. It it is. It's just a, so egregious to me that people with things like ALS and 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 cancer and these various other just very serious painful afflictions are denied the ability to make this choice with their medical provider. You and, you and I are in virtually the same boat. It's not for me, but you know what? I don't care if there's somebody that wants to do it in their own home, and especially now with gummies and I mean, you got several different different ways to do it where you don't smell like ditch the old ditch weed. Yeah. Um yeah, the, the time has come. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's go into the weekend teaching you to be a better member of society. Susan Beckwith will be with us. It's Mind Your Manners. Kendall and Casey show Brad's in for Casey. 93 WIBC. show i'm rob brad's in for casey today and brad i don't know if you know this but on friday we wrap up our show by sending our audience into the work week or we weekend i should say from the work week to the weekend with the vital skills necessary to make them better members of society so we're gonna tell people to sit up straight and wipe goop off their mouth that at dinner? is the least of their problems okay brad, the least of their problems but we have an expert and she is, and you know, on this show we go all out. We don't, we don't half half bake anything here. We're gonna holy bake it. I'm excited. We're holy bake with our own former Miss Indiana Susan Beckwith, and she joins us now on the WIBC hotline. All right, Susan, what are we doing today? We teaching people how to behave at large formal gatherings. Yes. So on my social media, really the month of November, I'm going to be talking a lot about hosting, and then in December, I'm going to focus on being a good guest. Oh. With all of that in mind, uh, today we are going to be talking about that. But before we dive in, I thought it would just be really, uh, it would be good to just cover the difference between manners and etiquette. Oh, okay. Now, now, Kloppenstein, you're going to want to pay attention to this because you host things all the time. Like, you are party man. And, and for those who don't know, Brad lives in a former army barrack, right? Like I, do. Yeah, I do. I so do out at Fort Bend. You've got a whole speakeasy at your house. I mean, this is going to wow. be great. It's going to be great stuff for you, Brad. I'm interested to get some points. I always thought that if you threw out a cooler of beer and some uh, sausage and cheese and crackers, that's a party. Well, I knew you were in the hospitality industry, so I thought this will be great because you could even add to today. So uh, so that's wonderful. Well, real quickly, manners, really at the heart of it, is just a lot of respect, kindness, consideration. And the difference really between manners and etiquette, you know, etiquette can truly vary depending on you know, societies, culture, you know, that's actually something that I would love to grow in my knowledge of is international protocol, because, you know, very depending on where you're at. So, you know, I know that we're not as formal of a society as we used to be once upon a time. And some people may think, oh, goodness, etiquette seems really frivolous. Uh, and, you know, not needed anymore. But here's my take on that before we dive into the nitty gritty to really what we want to talk about today is that you are correct. Like most of the time we are super casual and you don't need that information. But 
it's so great to have it when you do need to call upon it, and it just really instills confidence, and you're like, I know what is kosher in this situation. <laughs> yeah, see, Brad, I think Sheila, your wife, I think she seems like the poor, sort of person who would be more of the formal gathering person than yourself. She does. She cares what the uh, the hors d'oeuvre picks look like, whereas I'm like, hors d'oeuvre picks? <laughs> So I, I get where Susan's coming from, and this is probably an area I need to bone up. Absolutely. Uh, and this is what we do on the Mind Your Manners segment. We make you a better member of society, and we see Brad learning like our audience in real time. All right, Susan, it's the formal gathering. What do we need to know? Okay, so we're going to cover just um, one specific topic today, and that is place cards and how beneficial they are if you're going to be hosting for the holidays or really just any larger dinner gathering. And a good rule of thumb is to utilize place cards if you are going to entertain more than four guests for dinner. What Four? That's it? (laughs) Well, especially if they are individuals that don't know each other well. So that's actually a great tool for the host or hostess to be very strategic and kind of control the evening as far as um, making sure that conversation is flowing. It's a great uh, place cards are great because you can um, be very intentional where you see any anyone you want to honor. And so I know that uh, you're thinking that's a lot of power for a little place card, but um, it is a really helpful tool when it comes to hosting. And uh, so we're going to talk even a little bit more about it. So do you know the difference? Well, between a flat place card and a tented I, one. I love, Brad, by the way, Susan, Susan back with us, our guest. It's your uh, Mind Your Manner segment. I love how Susan started to ask the question to me, Rob, do you know the difference? And then she remembered she was talking to Rob Kendall, and she's like, there's no freaking way this guy knows the difference on any of this, but I feel bad because I've already started the question. So I'm going <laughs> to stop in the middle. No, Susan, of course I don't know the difference of anything. That's why you're here. Go. Su- Susan, I'm already envisioning that these place cards are there so that if everybody has left their own devices, Rob and Diego Morales don't end up sitting next to each other at dinner. Exactly, Brad, because if you know family members that don't get along, or there may be like potential fireworks or, you know, friends, family, you know, that is exactly right, Brad. And honestly, Rob, when I asked that question, I was like, well, I'm pretty much giving you the answer. Oh. So, What, what was the question? I'm sorry. I just loved how you just trailed off in the middle of it. Go, go ahead. So a flat place card is usually placed in a holder, oh. whereas a tent one is exactly like it sounds. It's just, you know, folded so it's a little tense. But as you use those, you want to make sure that you put the name on the front as well as back because that can also be a helpful tool for people that may not know um, the other individual's names well that they can reference it. So um, what is the, like, the? do you have any bad holiday stories? I feel like your family came out being proper, but do you have any terrible holiday gathering stories that you've learned from? Oh, you know, not not that I can think of. I would say, though, I feel like my family is um, pretty calm and, you know, just pretty uh, peaceful. When I went to visit Micah's family, who I love and adore, but he is the oldest of four, and it was like a, it, a lot. It was, I just was like, oh, my goodness, this is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, I think, you know, one of my very first visits up to Michigan, him and his brother, who were in college at the time, um, at some point were like an, an actual physical altercation on the floor, you know, as brothers do. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is, this is different. <laughs> Why did you choose Micah? Like, I, I was up at the church the other day, and I was looking at the uh, old photos of Micah in, in his office. And I, at one point I said, why did she pick Micah? He is truly the nicest guy. I know uh, Brad may say otherwise, but um, <laughs> I tell you that 
has the biggest heart. He really, um, and he's fun. He makes, I mean, he brings a lot of adventure and uh, to my life. And so there's endless things that I could share, but we don't have time for that. All right, tell us about your very fabulous website, bellofthemidwest.com, as well as your Facebook page. Well, thank you so much to everybody that subscribed last week. It was really exciting to see. So if you haven't done that, be sure to visit and sign up. We're going to be starting a newsletter in the new year, and there will be great tips for parents, grandparents on manners, as well as just hosting all the things that we talk about here on Mind Your Manners. Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. And Brad, it's going to do it for us today. Did a great show, Rob. You did a phenomenal job as always. Thanks really, for having me in. You carried the load. And they said they finally made you an official employee. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you're, you. I, I'm, I'm awaiting my badge. Your, but... your life will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if that's in a positive manner or not, but that's going to do it for us today. Brad, great job as always. Thank you. Kevin, awesome job uh, on the board. And as always, of course, you, the listener, you are the most important part of the equation because without you, there is no us. Have a great rest of your weekend. Be safe out there. Casey's back Monday. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. Kennelly Casey, 93 WIBC.